0: Listening to Sci Fi TV Rewatch, episode 362. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co host Wayne to discuss the third and final season of the German Netflix series Dark. And in keeping with our attempt to speed up the process a little bit, we're recording episode three today for release on Friday. So when you get this in your feed, it'll be your normal day. But uh, as we record it, you got a surprise episode in your feed today so uh yeah i think it's something we had to try right
1: i it's i mean we talked about this before we trying to go on this ad nauseum but it's just you know in part because the the, there's as we're going to you know see at the end of this episode in fred's feedback that the the spoilers are just all, all out there um but also the fact that you know we're just trying to keep it relevant so that people aren't listening to the, you know, our discussion of the finale two months after they actually watch the finale. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, you, you
0: mentioned Fred's feedback and we'll give another spoiler warning before, uh, the feedback section starts. But in Fred's feedback, he mentioned something that technically is in episode two, but only if you freeze the shot, zoom in, then look at, you know, what it is he's talking about. So we, we figure that if you are the kind of person that, that wants to reveal everything organically on your own, then you might not want to listen to the feedback section today. If you are one of those listeners that depends on podcasters like the two of us to freeze things or or fred as as a uh, devoted listener and contributor then you know then stick around because it is kind of spoilery even though as as i said it did appear in episode two so you've been warned Hmm. all right all right well we want to thank our patrons karen from colorado fred from the netherlands dan richard travis mark cindy dan and mike we appreciate you guys you know, if you are interested in becoming a patron, just go to the website scifi tv com, and there's a link over to the right. If you want to send us some feedback, the email is scifi tv rewatch at gmail.com record your own audio clip the way fred does each week send it as an attachment if you want to do it that way tweet us at sci-fi tv rewatch and consider joining the facebook group and we've been getting a steady stream of new members there and new people posting so that's really exciting all right what we're watching tip of the week it seems like of late it's been a what we're watching, but you and I talked about the new Netflix series Warrior Nun as a possibility down the road. I did see the pilot. I really enjoyed it, and I certainly can recommend uh, you guys giving that a shot. But uh, in addition to Once Upon a Time and The Order for me, uh, my wife and I just finished the spanish netflix series cable girls i've mentioned that before it's a total non-genre series but if your significant other is not a genre fan and you're looking for something to watch together there are a lot of great spanish netflix shows out there it's a different sensibility than you may be used to in the united states but still they're just compelling characters they're fun Dude, the ending, I know you're never going to watch Cable Girls, but the (laughs) ending was one that, what the hell just happened? And did they? Are they? And they just left it to your imagination. We made sure we went through the credits because we wanted to make sure there wasn't a a, a final reveal and there wasn't. So So was that like the end, end of the series? That's the end of the series. Yep. Wow. So we knew it was coming. Uh-huh. and because they split the final season and these were the last five
1: episodes so anyway what do you got well you know obviously it was a, a big deal uh what, what are we it was six three days ago when hamilton came out on disney plus and uh you know all the old people in my life suddenly wanted disney plus so last night i was uh had to help my mom get her tv so that she could they could get tv disney plus on their television so uh i've actually i obviously never actually seen the play on broadway um had listened to the soundtrack almost ad nauseum when we first got it i guess probably maybe three four years ago and especially my son brendan who i was You know, I'd coach him in lacrosse, club lacrosse. So we were traveling a lot. And whenever we'd go on these road trips, he would basically want me to play that soundtrack over and over and over again. And it's funny, we were watching it. And Brendan popped in. He's like, You know, I think I still know all the words to this. I'm like, Yeah, I'm pretty sure you do. (laughs) So I haven't actually watched the whole thing yet. So we got about an hour in. And then, you know, we had it was 4th of July and we had people coming over. We had stuff to do. So um actually waiting for the, the opportunity to watch rest of that with my family cuz we started watching together um but uh last night uh the most recent episode of snowpiercer wow i mean holy cow um you know for those who criticize the show cuz it's not like the movie and there's not a lot of action going on last night is the episode you were waiting for once the uh rebellion on the train actually gets underway and we see a lot of the blood and gore that uh was definitely um associated with the the movie in the first place so you know i've really really been enjoying snowpiercer um i'm glad we did that the, the uh the podcast on that because that show has been a, really a, a pleasure to watch so
0: well cool i'll have to get back to it i've been recording them on my dvr just haven't i guess been motivated enough to to see it so someday
1: right yeah i understand like there's there's tons of like you know you mentioned warrior None. i i'm like you know what you, you you'd send me the trailer i watched it, it looked interesting you know it popped up on netflix i'm like oh okay well actually that looks pretty cool but yeah i'm still like watching ash versus evil dead and stuff and everything and i'm sure working yeah. through the bond film so you know I'm busy all right
0: well i put the link to our podcast for evil dead 2 in the uh, show notes so nice. people can go back and check that out that was like episode 48 of the podcast wow. something like that holy cow i know back in the early we were, days we, but, we were recording uh,
1: with uh cups attached by a string at that point i think right <laughs> exactly
0: all right well let's get the dark episode 303 adam and eva written by yante freesia directed by baron Bo odar not sure why not eve i guess eva is the german yeah. equivalent i don't know well, I guess it's I, but they still called
1: her eva in um in the english dubbed version so
0: i did notice that so i i, I watched This one in both, English the first time, German the second. I
1: went the other way around, actually. I watched the German first and English second, so.
0: All right, well, you know, speaking of German, uh, Elisa in the Facebook group uh, posted something about German existentialism and its connection to dark, And, and it wasn't a real lengthy post, but it got me to thinking about That and of course, and and we've probably talked about the existential nature of Dark at some point, but it really got me to thinking about Kafka esque characters that I've read over the years, and so many of the characteristics that these characters of his uh, embody are, are certainly like a lot of the characters in dark that, that the characters feel trapped, confused, guilt-ridden often, but they also don't really understand what the hell is going on around them. And you know, certainly this is a German Netflix series, so it's no surprise that Yante Frisia and Baron Bo Odar would call on some of these existential characteristics of, you know, the 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 German period. But I hadn't really thought about it until she mentioned that.
1: No, I, I, you definitely can't escape the existential elements here. Uh, it's, it's it's all over the place, um, and especially this episode, we see a lot of this this kind of idea of that. That's no new idea, but this concept that. Um, everything is this endless cycle and that, you know, Jonas is always going to do what he's always done before. And I would need to make sure that he keeps doing these things. And and so, you know, I, I guess this, I, I mean, I know we've wondered this before, but, you know, certainly this episode, I'm like, well, what, you know, like you just can't help but wonder, like, what's the point? What's the point of all this? If they're just – there's these horrible apocalypses happen in two different worlds, and it seems like everyone is just bent on making sure they keep happening over and over again. Well, why is that, you know? Well, now I think we're to the point where we're starting to
0: question whether or not these are actual, literal apocalypses, or are they meant to be seen as metaphors? And, again, they they keep using the phrase glitch in the matrix, which is certainly a phrase that's worked its way into the the lexicon, e- even beyond genre fans, and you know basically just something that you don't understand. And it always, you know, I go back and I forget what it is that Neo sees in the film. Something moves, and then it he sees, he sees it a again. cat. A cat uh, is that like what it is. Okay, itself, yeah, right, and. Again, is that what we're going to end up with at the end of this series? So, if that's the case, I guess I'm going to be okay with it. I've trusted Yante Frisian, Baron Bo O'Dar so far. I'm not ready to to give up yet. But like you said, what's the point of what it is we're watching? And and I don't mean that in a negative way. I'm, I know this no, no, like no. came but, out yeah, of my but, mouth. But,
1: but it's this natural question right that this question of of what what is the end game what you know we've seen it in in one world where you know with Jonas no matter what he tries he the things that happen still happen in fact the things that he do does actually cause it to happen and and then but you know there's still. You know, trying to do, yeah, you know, like it's just like this cycle, like you know, and and Ava mentions it in this episode, like you know, this this idea of just things work, you know, being the same every time, and that Jonas does the same things every time, and it just cause, and, and and it's like, you know, it's just it's a loop, right? It's a it's not no one it's where's the progression beyond that loop we've seen into 2053 and you know which is in jonas's world is a you know post-apocalyptic mad max type world and you know now in uh Martha's world it's a, a complete and literal wasteland where there's not even humanity around it's just like a desert
0: Yeah, and it goes to that question, why does Adam want to sever the connection between Jonas and Martha? Is he afraid that Jonas won't follow the path he's always chosen? Because it's starting to get really fuzzy as to what he wants his endgame to look like versus what Claudia wanted her endgame to look like, and we assume Jonas is picking up Claudia's mantle. But yeah, like you said, it's just... And that's fine because we still got five episodes to go, but it hurts our brain, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, Um it does. And, and in this episode, well, what's the deal with the Charlotte
1: pocket watch? Yeah. Oh, my God. It shows up in 1888 WTF. Well, how did it, it get there? Well, it shows up in what is
0: probably around 1818 because R- oh, we right. get the yeah. flashback. Yes, yes, yes. Right. So it's roughly then and he he tells Old Tanhouse who, you know, we can tell that's him because of his eyes that he must have been blind at that young age that this pocket watch belonged to his mother. Is Charlotte going to turn out to be Old Tanhouse's mother? I mean and we've tried to wrap our heads around <laughs> Charlotte being Elizabeth's mother and her daughter, well, are they throwing this into the equation? Are they, re- are they really trying to send us to a, a, a psychotherapist? We need help. <laughs> <laughs> a dark, Somebody that specializes in dark. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've got to watch that now. You, you talk about glitch in the matrix. Where the hell did that come from? And yep. I'm assuming it's the same watch. I'm sure Fred has already looked into that. But the other thing that I'm still confused about is is we get the scene with Adam and Alt-Martha who appears to be working with him. Yes. So how did that happen? Has Adam learned to travel between worlds? Well, he's he's still in his world. Well, right. So how did they make that first connection? Did she seek him out? I mean, that's... That that's a big, that's a big loop we get thrown at us there. Which- yeah, and and even can the cycle of fate be broken, which is what you were getting at a couple minutes ago, or are we just doomed to repeat our pasts? And is this loop just going to continue on when we get to the end of the series? Another fundamental question that comes up for me in this episode is whether or not jonas is going to do what it takes to save martha and dude his reaction i'm tired of people telling me what to do
1: yeah, well, I, yeah okay. I, but yeah. on the other hand you, you kind of understand like how frustrating this all is and, and you know especially when you realize that you are you're doomed to to repeat the mistakes you've already made you know or so you've been told. Yeah, or that you're going to turn into this guy who is the antithesis of what right now at this point in your life that you you want and believe in. Right. So, or just to see right, well, that you're going to your face going to get all messed up like that in the future—that's that's a bummer. Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about the 1888 sequence because that is the opening scene where we. We see old Tan House as a boy of about ten Well, even pre, in that carriage. as
1: you said, pre eighteen eighty eight, right? Did it give us yeah, a year? Well, r- right, I can't remember if it gave us a year. Well, well, I, I said
0: eighteen eighty eight because it then cuts to right. him in, in his current state, so we know he, that's that. something he was flashing back to. Yeah, but his father's reading from Ariadne, talking about fate. Nothing changes; one destiny linked to the next, and that's of course when we see the. A Charlotte pocket watch, so yeah, I mean, I'm figuring that in 1888, old ten house is about 80, and if he's about 10 there, so I don't know. Yeah, you know, That's I mean, solid.
1: So. It's a solid, you know, you know, guess uh, approximately about when it was. But a couple of things because he is uh, reading from the play Ariadne, and I'm like, okay, wait a second. I, th- I assumed that was a, a more modern thing, but no, it was actually the play was written in 1672. By uh, Thomas Corniel, a French dude. So, anyway, but he says then that this is your mother's favorite play. And you're like, wait, what? Or he said, I guess your mother loved this. I'm like, wait a second. Because, I mean, obviously, we associate Martha with that play. And we strongly, uh, you know, she played Ariadne. So, um, you know, what's going on there. That's that's kind of like a little prick your ears type of thing. And then he, you know, hauls the watch out and we're just like, what?
0: Right. Because we have to assume that his mother's name is Charlotte. And now are we to believe that there are two different Charlottes in this story? And, and I don't need, mean two versions of the same person. I mean, two separate individuals that just happen to have the same name, which seems very unlikely given what we've seen think up to it's this a, point. You
1: know, it's a, I mean, actually, a fairly common name, so you know, it's not.
0: yeah, I guess. But or is it just maybe meant to be a red herring to throw us off, as if we needed right. something else <laughs> to, yeah. to throw us off? Well, that's the thing. But, like, who
1: can even sort through? Because now we're like, oh, well yeah, what, what's, what, what things are actual? things and and what what things are red herrings and yeah because yeah there's just a lot of that going on so and you know we've talked about certain things being
0: unsettling i'm having a difficult time dealing with the cleft lip trio yeah who time travel period to period. And we talked about why did they need to kill Bern Doppler? Why did they need to kill Claudia's secretary? We don't necessarily see adult unknown kill old tan house, but I, I think we're pretty sure that he does. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. He brings out the garage and you know, it's like he does once this, once but, this leaves the pocket, it doesn't go back in until it's been sheathed right. in blood.
0: But, the reason he does it, Tanhouse is on his way to tell the world that time travelers are here.
1: Yeah.
0: Now, on the one hand, it's 1888, and I'm thinking, who's going to believe him? Exactly. Who would believe his proof him now? What's going to be? Well, of course, but at least now, <laughs> you know, we live in this science fiction world where Right. we've sent Space probes out to the end, you know. I, I I hear you, and and I agree with you. But in 1888, because I believe that's even before H.G. Wells wrote the Time Machine. Well, there's an easy I'm way to understand. find it out. That was in the 1890s. But uh, regardless, he's going to put a stop to that for whatever reason. And you know, then the the scene that I absolutely love because I love callbacks. I think most people do. 1895 it, by the way. It, okay. So we get back to the factory and Bartosh and and I love this version of Bartosh. He's so much more aggressive in a good way. Right. And challenges Jonas about withholding the truth about him really being Adam tell us how Martha really died that day and the next thing you know they're out there fighting in the rain just like in season one outside the school yeah
1: and it's literally maybe even a lamer fight than the one that they had before
0: it was and I think we talked about that fight at the time that They probably had fun doing it, but it wasn't all that great a fight. And certainly, we've seen a lot of great fights in in the shows we've covered over the years. But Bartosz reveals the truth to a horrified Magnus. I was a little surprised to see that expression on Magnus's face. And the other thing, did you notice Francesca has hardly had any
1: lines in the first two episodes right? yeah true she's kind mm-hmm. of looks up at magnus a lot certainly
0: wondered about that so then we see alt martha holding the metal and jonas enters her room and again one of those things we talk about the pocket watch how many of these metals yeah. are there
1: right well and the fenning too that we see later right Well, right. Like all these times where people like hold out an object, the other person pulls the object out of their pocket. It's the same object, but from two different times. All
0: right. So we see Alt Martha pull it out with Jonas in, in 1888, and then we get the scene later in the episode when older Martha and Jonas are in the marbled room, and she has one, he has one. You know, we we went through this with the time machines and. Certainly the same object can exist in two different timelines. They've already established that. So, of course, that's, that's the case here. But the other thing that I, I liked in this segment is that Jonas finally calms down and says, why don't I remember being to your world? Mm-hmm. And then she reveals why, and but she says, "I don't know." That wrote the letter.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right, right. We're like, "What? Wait, hold on," because we want to know that too. You know, you are kind of hoping, like at this point, we say, "Well, actually, the very simple explanation, Jonas." Uh, But instead, she's like, "I don't know," and then yeah, and then on top of that, she says, "Oh, BT Dubs, I didn't write the letter." Well, right, and it almost seems as if
0: the writers' go-to explanation is, "Oh, it's a glitch in the matrix," right. And well, well, I think we said that last time.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and the letter, I honestly, I, I felt like that could be easily explained because even though this Martha didn't write that letter, her, her older self could have. And it still via time travel had ended up in Jonas's hands. But, but you know, obviously, but you know, timey whiny stuff. <laughs> I guess this will just explain everything as timey whiny whenever we, we can't really come up with an explanation for it. But anyway, um, so just because this Martha here says she didn't write it, uh, she could have written it when she was older and still sent it to to Jonas. So, um, but uh, but yeah, but, but like you said, it's a, a, a dis- decisive lack of answers here for us as to because we we want to know that like why. What what the heck is going on that, that Jonas doesn't remember being in Martha's world?
0: Well, the other thing that throws me for a loop in this scene in the marble office is that old Martha says to Jonas, you gave this to me, showing him the St. Christopher medal. And I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. Yeah. I thought you were alt-Martha. right. Is she his Martha that somehow survived the timeline? But then later she says he needs to, you know, do what it's going to take to save your Martha as if, you know, now maybe she means your Martha is my younger self Uh, again. Now I'm getting confused by who's from which world.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. That that that's also something that I kind of I, yeah I wondered about the same thing, but you know, figured I could explain it in the same terms as the letter, in that an older version of Jonas could have given this to a young, obviously younger version of Eva or Marta or whatever. <laughs> that that's kind of the the takeaway because because you're right. The first thing you, you say is like, wait a second. He didn't give that to you. He gave that to Martha from his world, who was then killed. So, but yeah, but but then, so does that mean that maybe somehow he does end up saving his Martha and that his Martha is the one in front of us and not the Martha that's running around in 1888? Right. So, or maybe they're all his Martha. <laughs> right.
0: I don't know. But dude. Clearly, Martha watched Continuum because, did I call it, she buried her time travel device. Yep. Yep. And, and you know, so she takes uh, Jonas out there and gives him that, that little, I guess we'll call it the power source and, and tells him, it's the only one I have. Uh, of course, she's got her
1: Li- fingers crossed behind yeah. right. her back they at the Liar, time. liar, liar, and pants on fire. <laughs>
0: right. But you know, obviously, we learn this is all part of a longer strategy that she gets back to her room and we see, oh, OK, she's got plenty Well, maybe not plenty more, but she's certainly got several more okay. time travels away. And then we learn later that, well, this was all just part of a plan to give the 1888 group nuclear material so that they can figure out how to get out of 1888 right i mean that's pretty much it
1: right yeah well we don't know the, the purpose for it uh but we know the plan was to get the you know the god particle into jonas's hands in 1888 yes absolutely
0: right right so i'm just kind of extrapolating out from there and where she travels we don't know and Hopefully we'll find out in episode four. But, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about Jonas and older Martha at this point, the wisdom that, that she's trying to impart, and she's waxing on about man not really being an independent entity, but small fractions of an infinite whole. And, okay, we we get the whole idea that everything is linked and that if there is one You know, one change again. It takes me back to Agents of Shield. That whole idea of causing ripples, Mm -hmm. not waves. And I'm not sure if that's what she's getting at. But then I love when he says, "Is your world just a copy of ours?" She doesn't really answer it. And so,
1: therefore, we get no answers.
0: Well, then she says, "Do you remember what you told me under under the bridge that night?" Right. A
1: glitch in the matrix. Yeah, well, of course. Uh, what else could it be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and then you know when when she yeah. says that, I'm still not 100 percent certain she knows what that means. So I'm like still wondering: is there no matrix in this world? What what kind of barbaric world is this future? But then it appears later that she knows what that term means and ref- what that reference is. So I guess she's well, seen yeah. The matrix. And,
0: and again, when I was doing some research for the podcast it's for instance it's even in the urban dictionary that phrase because it has worked its way into pretty frequent everyday use and i think even people that haven't seen the movie might have some inkling of what it actually means so i'm with you maybe she's just picked up on its meaning but again who knows yeah um She tells them that the two of them are Adam and Eva, and we've certainly speculated on that for a while. On the one hand, we didn't need her to tell us that or tell Jonas that. But even now, hearing it out loud, what does it mean? Are they going to be the ones to save his world and her world, as we've speculated, is only one world going to
1: survive? Well, or it's the progenitors of the world, right? It's not necessarily saving the world, but as you know, giving birth to all of humanity. Literally? Metaphorically? Uh, well, I assume metaphorically, but, you know, like... We are bound
0: together... For eternity in this eternally repeating déjà vu, which again, not to you know sound like a broken record, where, where we talk about whether or not this loop is ever going to be broken, or are people just doomed to repeat the past, and is that a
1: bad thing to repeat the past? Well, it seems like it's not a great thing so far. Because, like I said, uh, we we get to. You know, apocalypse is happening here. But that—that that, that is a huge, th- I mean, that's the question I posed at the beginning of this podcast. You know, like, what's, what's, what the heck is going on here? You know, like, why, why are all these people so bent on maintaining the status quo and making things, making sure things happen as they always were supposed to happen? Like, you know, before, it was this idea of, Michelle has to kill himself so that you know Jonas can live and and Jonas can continue and but but yeah what what does Jonas do Does he stop the apocalypse No He's perpetuating it But on the other hand Claudia said I've seen the world without you and that's no good either And it's like what <laughs> what, what what are we trying to accomplish here What's the dare I say end game
0: Well, one of the things that comes out of this episode is the notion of alliances and whereas we thought we had a handle on who was working with whom and to what end, even that has now been thrown for a loop because, you know, she says, you've seen what you will do, what Adam will do. So if you want to save your Martha, you have to make me what I am today. And, of course, that precipitates his little mini rant about being sick of obligations. Consider what you want. Should she live your Martha? I think when it's put to him that way, we know that Jonas is going to do what he thinks needs to be done to save his Martha. But now are we in that Victor Frankenstein era, uh, bringing somebody back from the dead, even if it's not in you know the way Frankenstein did it, but rather going back in time and preventing the events that
1: right. lead well, to somebody. Uh, and, and they, I can't remember who said it, but you know that was, you know what um, that 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 was what old Tan House was or oh, Tan House's dad. I can't remember who said it to whom, but uh, yeah, yeah, He's you trying know that,
0: to bring his wife back. Right,
1: right. And so he starts in this whole thing of of trying to uncover the secrets of time travel as a way to prevent bad things from happening or things that were painful. Again, that word we talked about, you know that word pain that seems to be you know omnipresent in this in this series. but yet on the other hand, we've seen the people who have gone back and tried to prevent painful things from happening, try to reverse bad things from happening and it, it doesn't work out. No, especially when the
0: event that you're trying to prevent from happening is so singular, so that my wife doesn't die, however, it is she died back then. Well, you know, there's going to be effects that are going to impact other people. Did you not think that, or do you just not
1: care? Right, right. Or, or just the fact that, the, you know, your wife's death is coded into the world and that you can't prevent it. Even if you get, go back in time and you try to prevent it, you won't be able to, just as Ulrich trying to reverse Mikkel's disappearance. You know, it's just thwarted at at uh, every, every opportunity.
0: Then what happens... In the next scene between those two, where she tells him everything repeats itself, you can't let go of your past, you always choose Martha, well, if she knows that, right? <laughs> then it's almost like, why are we having this conversation? But then she does say what we've kind of been waiting for him to do, you need to show her her future so she'll understand, and then... She hands him this crude looking white flashlight device <laughs> thinking compared to ours
1: ours cool. Yeah, I mean I I definitely like the more rounded uh design of the uh, of the original flashlight but this was kind of cool looking but it's more angular, you know.
0: Yeah, it was. And then uh the lip Trio enters martha's office places the watch and this is of course after jonas has has left places the watch the copy of ariadne and a notebook on her desk he won't understand that we must preserve the knot that his martha
1: must perish so that all
0: others can live didn't you just say
1: (laughs) well this and, and you know what i actually i literally wrote in my notes is that the problem with adam and eva is we just can't effing trust them at all what they say to their younger selves is is just seems to be completely the opposite of what they're actually trying to do
0: right what they say to each other what they say to their younger selves right so that we just can't trust these narrators if you will and and obviously that's something that you know, we, we see in
1: literature with a, a narrator sure. that is yeah. untrustworthy. Less than trustworthy. Sure. Um also got this kind of feeling like they're collecting, like, I don't know if this will resonate with you, with the, like the Deathly Hallows. Did you, did you read all the Harry Potter Harry books? Harry Potter? Yeah. No. Okay. So, well, I don't, you know, but it's just, that's just what it kind of struck me as when they, you know, throw these objects down like they're trying to collect these objects of power or something like that but
0: well in in terms of objects of power you know she opens that notebook and it's got some sort of plans for the wind and power plant right and two the keys be, the be, and two keys the beginning and the end and i, I believe the next episode might be called the origin not positive of that, but are we given a clue here that it all begins and ends with the power plant in winden? Not that we didn't consider that
1: previously, right, but but well, we, we certainly again, know that the power plant is central to the whole occurrence, right Everything is like needs that the 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 nuclear i don't know it's really even the nuclear you know waste as. It seems like that's part of the the process, though. You know,
0: I don't know, right? I mean, it, it does seem to have become the the central focal point for the God particle for for one thing, right? So we get Alt Martha's awakening, and we see that first scene with her. She's lying in bed in twenty twenty, and you know she got doesn't have the cut on her face yet. And that's when Ulrich is knocking at the door and very uncomfortable scene because we realize pretty quickly why he's there because he thinks his kids were on drugs (laughs) that night and gave that drug addled story to the detectives. And of course, they're still dealing with the fact that their father has left them for yet another woman, and they're not too pleased. Especially Bartosh. That was a very—I yeah. mean, Magnus. That yeah. was a very uncomfortable scene.
1: Well, we had a, and what I like is how they kind of mirror like scenes from before because we had in season two a confrontation between Katarina and Martha, and Martha is the one who goes off on her mother saying. Oh, now you want to be a parent, basically. And and now it's the same thing, except now it's Magnus going off on his dad. Right. And, and then after Ulrich leaves
0: and Martha goes into Magnus's room, again, a, a scene we've seen before when, when the two of them want to talk. And, of course, his first reaction is to tell her to get lost. She asks if he saw anything else in the woods last night. And, you know, w- we know that she's referring to the woman covered in ink or oil or whatever it is. And, and of course, we learn in this episode that she saw herself. I mean, that right. wasn't revealed at the time. Right. But but she takes the rational approach that I'm losing my mind. <laughs> yeah. And she's trying to convince herself that the body was already lying there, but – I know what I saw. right Now it's not a big deal, but why does she climb out the window rather than just go out the front door? Yeah,
1: I don't know that. Yeah, because mom's not home yet. Right, right. And if mom does um, come home, she's going to say, "Were you climbing down there? There for?" Yeah, and that's for you know, Francesca she, to do. Uh, yeah, <laughs> when she goes to see
0: Killian, I am not sure what the real point of that scene is I, I mean on the one hand he says oh you're only dating me to get back at your parents well she doesn't deny it right but is there something i'm missing from
1: this scene because well here here's my takeaway and, and it t- ties in with the scene we we're just talking about is how ulrich and he even mentions this before to we're talking to charlotta is that he has become agon right He is now the bumbling cop who is locked on to common social worries, drugs, rather than Satanism, focusing his ire on the outcast child who is, in this case, Killian. It was him back in 1986. And and then falsely accusing said uh, child. And then, you know, in his case, uh, he was, oh, Rich was falsely accused of rape, Killian accused of, uh, selling drugs. And though, of course, for what we know of the open family before might not actually be a hundred percent false accusation there. Um, but he gets kicked out of the doors, which also then was, I, again, I, I'm, I know there are like McDonough school here in Baltimore is a, a place. And I think, uh, Garrison Forest as well are schools that they actually are private schools that have some dorms and have some students stay in dorms there. So it's an unheard of thing, but it's just unusual that the, you know, that there would be a dorm that this kid would stay in despite going to a local public school. Don't
0: know, maybe he's out of district because he's uh, an amazing football player. And for (laughs) those of you in Europe, uh, I'm talking about soccer, you know, the sport with the round ball, not
1: the oblong ball. But anyway, you know, it's we just seem- this idea that that Ulrich has become what he is despised before, and he even says yes. talking to talking Charlotte how you know back then there was this drunken moron as a cop, and now I am making all the same mistake, right? And
0: and, and that's a, a thematic thread that we've seen a lot in in a lot of shows, and on the one hand you could say well isn't that a trope well i mean it can be if it's overused or used in a, a bad way but i think here the way it's used really works
1: so. well especially because I, it like i didn't think that the first time i saw this um uh, and then the, upon rewatching the episode i'm like oh okay I, you know i kind of get what's going on here now jonas is
0: following martha through the woods and and they have that confrontation and and, you know it's simply leading up to him showing her what's really going on and you know he does it by recounting some childhood incidents that the only way he would know is if he was there but even that's not true somebody could have told him uh, but sure he tells her your future self told me and almost before she has a chance to refute that he tells her i can show you takes her into the cave we get a different uh, inscription on the door right brit, brit lux let there be light so is he taking her to the light is this the light that alt uh, martha older alt martha mentioned to him that you're going to have to choose the light you know maybe but we get that closing scene when they exit the cave into an unfamiliar setting. Of course, we recognize it from the trailer. She said that I had to bring you. And we see this woman approaching from you know, the distance, right. finally removes her face covering. And it's middle-aged Martha, who we have not been introduced to before. Welcome to the future. Which, those are the exact words... That future girl yes. tells Jonas, right, mm-hmm. before she whacks him before with the butt she, end yeah, of her
1: rifle. Knocks him out for no reason at all. So is that
0: connected other than you know, these similarities in the two worlds? Now, you know, we we get a few other stories where, you know, they're just briefly presented to us the and we've talked about the Adam and Alt Martha connection how that happened but we get that one scene and it says september 23rd 2053 and it's a long shot of the destroyed reactors and it appears to be snowing and we heard in that radio voiceover a couple episodes ago about uh, the impact of the event causing meteorological Mm phenomenon so is it snowing in september i guess i think at one time We were explaining it as some sort of effect after effect of the event, but now it actually might be snow. And then we get our verification when uh, she's with him in the wind and control panel that houses the God particle. Did you give it to him? And you did the right thing, he tells her. Right. Okay. Okay. And at the time, we're thinking, okay, yeah. And now, as we're talking it all through, well, what's the
1: right thing? What <laughs> We still don't know what he wants her to do. Exactly. And it is kind of, yeah. You know, we do have here where Marta from Alt-World is working with Adam in this world. And then Jonas from this world is working with uh, Eva from the Alt-World. You know, it's like this crossover here. But... Like similarly with both young people, we really get a sense of of their being manipulated and not really understanding what's going on or, or what what the the Adam and Eva are trying to accomplish.
0: Well, I think for me, one of the things that comes out of this episode is I'm starting to question the multiverse approach whether there actually are two worlds even though all indications are that yes there actually are well there's two worlds yeah
1: there's a really strong indication do you notice like the transitions i did i love them yeah so when it moves from one timeline to the next in the same world it just is a regular editing jump but when it moves from one dimension or one world to the next you get that like light speed millennium falcon type transition
0: oh, okay i mean i did notice those but i didn't make that connection i mean i certainly have made the connection that it's always raining in wind one and foggy in the other wind and yeah, yeah. Uh, check it
1: out you see every time they do like that that going down a wormhole type thing is they're moving from one world to the next and everything okay
0: now the rest of the episode kind of focuses on the Mads Nielsen case and of course Hannah and understandably Ulrich doesn't consider that the body is his brother Mads and we saw that in you know the the first season why would you you know but why did somebody hang on to my brother's clothing and objects all of these years only to present them now. So uh, of course, you know, we, we know that's not the case,
1: but, but it, it makes get, way more sense than, Oh, my brother was somehow transported you know, through time.
0: Right. But then that scene when Charlotte pulls him out of the meeting and, and, turns it over to Wohler and takes him into the evidence room. And he comes to the conclusion. I don't know why he never really thought about this before that. He's cheating on the woman who he cheated with his cheated on his wife with, and I can't do it anymore. And we assume he means carry on the affair with Charlotte. We don't really know that he's married to Hannah. Do we, Uh, maybe we do. I, I yeah, I think somebody says about <laughs> that her husband or yeah, something. Yeah,
1: because like um, yes. yeah, when uh Marta when Jonas uh accosts Marta after the the play. Right, I think that's what Marta says yes. that, or whatever. Right, right, right. Um,
0: so then Charlotte goes to investigate the crime scene, which is of course the bunker, and we see the outline of the uh the body is still there and she finds the coin the f- the fenig on a red string which is uh, this world's equivalent of the saint christopher medal takes it as evidence and of course she makes the connection and then of course old helga has the coin on him so right not, that's clearly yeah. not his coin but we know no it is his coin he just lost it in 1986 yeah yeah um, and, and and you're just finding it now,
1: right? And it's also, I mean, well, it, it's not the St. Christopher medal for this world because the the Fennig also existed in in the previous world. In, in season one, uh, they found the the Fenig on uh, Mads. Uh, oh, they did then as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there's a couple of things. First of all, Charlotte, as she's going into the bunker, she says, "Call me here." I'm like, "Call you here." call you who says that anymore no one says call me here you have a cell phone <laughs> so it's not yeah. you know it's not like there's a phone in the bunker you know like anyway the uh the first line of i think it's the voiceover in uh, the voiceover at the beginning to talk about a thread blood red connects all our actions and it's like whoa because we do see those red uh threads throughout right that the the one in the cave that leads Jonas to and also a Katerina that leads them to the door, the, the thread put through the fenning in both worlds. Uh I think there's a black thread on the Saint Christopher medal. But but yeah, so this you know really points down, now now Helga is like prime suspect.
0: Well right, and then they start questioning him and once he sees Ulrich And starts, you know, saying it was him, it was him. Does he mean Ulrich is the one that was responsible for taking his eye out as a child?
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, we certainly, you know, that that is an extremely strong possibility, right? Um, And if you remember from season one, Helga suddenly remembered, right? Because that's always one thing. I thought like Helga has been living here for a while now. And Ulrich has been a mature man who looked like himself for a while now. So, at, you know, at some point, did Helga not see Ulrich in, like, the shopping center and say, holy crap, that's the, the guy who bashed in my face, you know? Like, what the hell is he doing here? Um, so but uh, so I'm wondering if, like, in, uh, you know, Helge Prime, if, if this Helge is suddenly remembering things. Yeah, because obviously he was involved in
0: 1986 with the disappearance of these children. And, of course, that's what he's confessing to. But now Charlotte doesn't know what to do because she realizes, all right, the evidence I thought connected him to the crime isn't the evidence because he's got it with him. And and my husband says he was with us all night. So uh, the other storyline and i guess the the final one is hannah's revenge and and she shows up at the station with uh brownies or something for ulrich and and runs into Waller and charlotte and, and we've seen this scene before the whole hugging somebody that you would never ordinarily hug just so you can get a whiff of their hair mm-hmm. and
1: uh, well also and the, to course- play her and to make her uncomfortable you know
0: Yeah, I, I guess so. And then, you know, once she goes to Alexander's office, you know, the whole idea about wanting Charlotte to be destroyed, to lose everything, all of it. And, you know, I made a comment on the Facebook group uh, a few days ago about uh, whether or not Hannah is even redeemable. (laughs) And I don't, I mean, everybody's redeemable, sure. but if, there's a character in dark that's not, or she would certainly be at the bottom of the list in last place.
1: (laughs) Right. Um, yeah, you know, but on the other hand, we, we, we get where her, her pain is, is coming from. Like we see the, um, you know, she's got the empty bedroom and, you know, and, and she knows because she was on the other side of this, this equation, uh, before, So she knows what's going on with Ulrich. So, but so, so, while I'm not saying that that redeems her, it doesn't at all, but we do kind of understand where she's coming from a little bit. Uh,
0: Anything you want to bring up that we haven't talked about so far?
1: Well, so, you know, we see some slightly different things. Like, Helge confesses to killing Mads, you know, whereas, uh, you know, older Helge, um, in the that we remember from season one, uh, goes back and tries to stop himself. You know, right, with the car accident. Right. So, you know what what that's going to come to. We're just going to have to to wait and see, I guess. And we also know Noah was involved in. Right. Oh, yeah, 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 that, that's a big, right. We, we haven't really seen, well, we, no, we haven't really, we haven't at all. We haven't seen Noah in Alt world yet. The pastor is Peter. All uh, right. Here. And so even though that was back in, in the 50s when, when Noah was the pastor of the, the church there. But yeah, no no sign of Noah, though it seems like he's still trying to run his experiment because we see the, you know the the burn marks on Mads' face and everything but we haven't we haven't seen that and that was I mean that was all of season one focused on that you know so it's sure. by its omission it kind of stands out a little bit uh here in in this one there's a very awkward moment with Peter talking to that young man in the church and Charlotta comes in and he's like oh what are you doing here and then the the, the the kid kind of awkwardly makes his excuse to leave and everything what you know what's peter up to there right it's I mean, we know not that i'm saying he's like you know a pervert, but we know like the homosexual longings and is that th- i'm not saying any kind of like you know stereotype or anything like that it it seemed like there that that the conversation was one that they wouldn't want Charlotte to catch them having. It seemed to me.
0: Right. Even though it does appear as if all three of them understand the ramifications of what's really taking place right. <laughs> at, at that point. And that Charlotte, I don't want to say she doesn't care, but it's not high on her list because we know she's having an affair with all sure. of
1: so. And when Peter's in the, the, uh, police station. He kind of gives Ulrich little eye daggers in there. So I mean, obviously, you know, not not a huge city here. It's kind of a small town mentality of everyone knows what everyone else is doing. So it's no secret of what Ulrich and Charlotta are doing. um While we're talking about Peter, again, his past is still clouded in mystery. Charlotta says, "You know, we know he came here in 1987." Charlotte asks if if Helge was living out at the cabin, but Peter says no. He was in, he was in the nursing home. Now again, that's that's the line I recall from the English dub version. I can't remember. I'd have to go back and see, you know, if that's the same thing as what they said in the the German version. If this is like a a, a kind of something getting lost in translation, um, because Helge wasn't even fifty yet. Back in the 80s, so how is he going to be in a nursing home already? He's definitely not old enough. Like, in America, we say nursing home. That's for, you know, senior citizens.
0: Right. So, unless it was a result of an accident or something that he couldn't care for himself, yeah, like you said. Right. Uh, Well, I can say that the English audio dubbing and the English subtitles do not always coincide, and sometimes they're radically different. Right. But
1: anyway. Oh, and, and then one last thing. So now we are we're finally seeing this unhinged Ulrich that we saw in season one. The the guy who is overly emotional. He's he's losing his mind, he's he's making bad decisions and everything. You know, in the first you know, two episodes of season three, you know, he's like kind of the calm, cool, composed we said how he's kind of an a hole and everything. Um, and now we're getting back to the Ulrich who's seemingly on the verge of, of making a bad decision. You know, he, he went after Helge. I mean, Hel- you think Helge had something to do with your, your brother's murder. I guess that would make you mad. But also, you can't escape the fact that he is an old man right now. And I don't know if trying to beat up an old guy is, is really going to do anything for uh, for Ulrich here. Well, all R-
0: Nielsen doesn't change no matter which world he's in. True. So,
1: All right. Anything else? Well, just you know, I mean, one thing I I think that we can definitely hold on to is that the the uh, the the hitmen with the cleft lip are just bad news, no matter what. Like you know, we'd say, "Well, is Ava good or bad? Is Adam good or bad?" And everything. I mean, these guys are just going. They're killing. They're killing people who really, the secretary and old tan house. Even to a degree, burned. I mean, like, why? Why do you have to kill these people? You know, what's going on that they have to be, you know, destroyed? Uh, especially, I mean, the secretary more than anyone who just seems like she was caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay,
0: sounds good. All right. Well, let's hit up our listener feedback section. And Dan sent us a feedback with a video. But since he labeled it as containing spoilers for 308, we're going to have to wait to address that one. So, Dan, unless I misinterpreted what you said in, in terms of the contents, you know, let us know. But we'll certainly get back to that. Catherine Rapp checked in with an email and said, Dave and Wayne, thanks for doing the season episode by episode. One brief note, though, I find it useful to speak of Yellow Coat Martha versus Black Coat Martha, which correspond to Yellow Coat Jonas and Black Coat Hanging Scar Jonas. The Stranger Jonas is the middle age Black Coat version, and then there's Adam. So old Martha is probably Eve, as you said. That's all for now. It's really fun to be digging into this again. Thanks for the great podcast. You know, I I always feel weird calling her Alt Martha. Yeah. So maybe yellow coat Martha is a better way to go.
1: Right. You know, I actually, I I mean, I'd read that email before we talked about today. I just forgot about that. I'm sorry, because that, that does seem like a pretty good method of distinguishing between the, the two different Marthas we got running around right now. Right.
0: Uh, on the one hand, I guess the alt Martha or yellow coat Martha is the only Martha.
1: Well well yeah it's it's right there's two different alt Marthas right i mean it's it's that we're talking about here. We're talking about the Martha now who Jonas is leading around because she has no concept of everything that's going on right She doesn't know about time travel she's never done any of that stuff, and then you have the black coat Martha who is is the one who came back and grabbed Jonas, the one who went back to eighteen eighty eight and the one who is now apparently um doing adam's bidding
0: okay well why don't we get to fred's audio feedback and you know before we play that we'll just give one more spoiler alert that there are some things in his feedback that while technically not spoilers because they do appear in episode two It's only if you freeze frames, zoom in, and and really. So, again, if that's cool with you, keep listening. If you'd rather some of these things be revealed more organically, then maybe you want to stop at this point. But we'll leave it up to you. So,
1: here's Fred. You you can't, once you've heard it, you can't unhear it. So And there are some significant spoilers. So, we are strenuously warning. If you want to keep yourself spoiler-free, do not. Go no
2: further, dear traveler.
1: Yep. So, all right, here's Fred, and we'll be right back.
2: Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to SciFi TV. We watch this. this is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Dark, Season 3, Episode 3. Shortly coming back to last week's podcast, where you discussed that these school kids all cycle to school.
0: All of these high school kids riding bikes to school, I guess that's a European thing.
1: Yeah, or well, probably a place where, you know, you have a, a fairly populous area that, uh, you know, where, you know, kids, people can, uh, you know, we, we see everything in terms of America where everything is just so spray out and far away from each other, you know, that, that there are a lot of countries in the world where, you know, people live close enough that they can, you know, walk or bike to most of the things that they
2: want to do. Like our man Fred. Completely right. Looked at from the American perspective, Having everything close by is indeed a factor, but another thing is, for instance, public transport. How dense is your public transport organized? And don't forget, in the Netherlands, for instance, but also in Germany, you have to be 18 to get your driver's license. And of course, the Netherlands is very dense, but in Germany there is some space, and sometimes school kids have to cycle for half an hour, three quarters, or a whole hour to school. Just like that. Okay, next topic. Let's discuss the elephant in the room. You boosting up your frequency of podcasts uh, two a week. I hope I can cope with that. And I'm actually not angry at you, but actually quite angry at Netflix. I really don't understand why they released this series, particularly this series, as a all-at-once release. If you listen to the interviews of Jantje Friese and Baron Bo the makers of Dark, you see how much effort they put into it to have their audience puzzled and wondered, etc. And then you release this all at once. How much can you wonder, how much can you puzzle, when just by a click you get all the answers. And for instance in a show like Snowpiercer, they can do a once a week release. Whereas in that series it's much less important that you have your time to chew on what is happening. Dark is so complex and actually I find it a disrespect to the makers of Dark. But okay, probably they are involved in the decision or not to release it all at once. I find it a pity, I find it a waste of their effort. By choosing the all at once release they really squander... The potential of Dark. One of the things I saw on Twitter, for instance, is that the superfan at DarkNetflixDE is a German guy who is a very big fan, posts a lot of good stuff, of which I sometimes transfer stuff to the TV Rewatch Facebook page. The series was released in the morning and at 6.13 p.m. he put a tweet on That's it, I finished the last cycle of Dark. This series will forever have a special place in my heart. And then a crying emoticon and a black heart. And then somebody else answered, you already finished it? And then the, I think, sad answer comes. I wanted to escape spoilers with almost 200,000 followers. That's not easy. How much nicer it would have been if just Netflix had released this series just once a week, especially this series. Okay, I will stop my rant here. As you notice, I'm actually quite angry. And I hope I can keep up with your higher pace, because if I'm getting the feeling I'm squandering my dark, I just stop going along with you and just watch it in my own pace and won't give feedback for your podcast and won't listen to your podcast until I saw the episode Which would be a very sad happening because this is one of the series I liked most doing together with you. The result of all this is that I squander now my time for giving feedback. Only three and a half minutes left for one and a half episode because last time I really couldn't give proper feedback. Do you understand now why I'm mad at this (coughs) Netflix? Okay, I have to speed up, things. Let's go back to episode 2. As I remember well, you didn't discuss in your podcast the fact that Katharina is living in the Carnwald house. So, 2020 Katharina, that went back to 1987. Okay, that's not the right way to speed up. Let's do it another way. And obviously, Ines and Mikkel are missing. And if we believe those leaflets Katharina is handing around, they are missing for 3 months. So I went back to season 2. And we see in episode 5, after Old Ulrich is trying to get Mikkel into the cave, after he escaped the asylum, Enes and Mikkel are quite devastated. And then further on in that episode we see that Enes put some tranquilizer in Mikkel's hot chocolate. And I checked IMDB, from that point onward we don't see Enes anymore in season 2. Neither do we see Mikkel anymore. So after the incident with Old Ulrich at the caves, they went somewhere. Where did it go? And just a tidbit of information from episode 2. Claudia is bringing the sick to Regina Tamoxifen. And that's a medicine to inhibit female hormones. So Regina has a hormone sensitive breast cancer. And perhaps this medicine indeed will slow down the cancer. Normally you use this after radiotherapy or surgery. And I did an analysis of the pedigree on Old Matlas floor. And oh gee, there is a lot of new information there and a lot of information and predictions that are not even coming back in episode 3. In this pedigree we can see that Hannah does hook up with Egon Tiedemann in the 1950s. They even get a child called Celia Tiedemann. This Celia then gets with Bartoy's two children, Agnes Nielsen and Hanno Tauber, aka Noah. Which means that if the guy that young Noah kills at caves in the 1920s is Bartoy's, then he kills his own father. Celia is born in the 1950s. Celia is the future girl from season 1 and 2. Question is, how did she travel to 2053? Conclusion can also be that Bartos has a relationship with his half great aunt. Celia is Claudia's half-sister and Claudia is Bartos' grandmother. Next question is, if Celia and Bartos both called Siedemann, get two children, why are their family names then Nielsen and Tauber? Next conclusion from this pedigree is that Regina is really Trontas' child. This pedigree also makes it clear that the woman with whom Helga Doppler gets, Peter, is Ulla Schmidt. Seems that Helge is really Peter's father. In season 1 there is an Ulla Obendorf, the mother of Eric and Kilian Obendorf. Here in season 3 we don't see her living with Jürgen Obendorf. Although the wrong time period, could this be the same Ulla? What we can see more in this pedigree is that Helga is not a child of Bernd Doppler, but of a man called Anatol Folie. There is no new information about Alexander Tiedemann aka Boris Neuwald, nothing about his parents. Some people were expecting he would be a Nielsen-Kahnwald combination leading to Newwald. Then about the Alt-World pedigree. In the Altworld pedigree Hannah does have a child with Egon but not Will Ulrich. So big question is what happened to her pregnancy. And other conclusion is, is that she will travel to the 1950s as Hannah 1.0 does. In the Altworld pedigree Michael does not become Michael Kahnwald and Jonas does not exist. And last thing about this pedigree is that Marta 2.0 does not have a strange time-travel pedigree like Jonas does. So that leaves me with no time for feedback for episode three. Greets, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Fred, tell us how you really feel about Netflix. Because yeah, I
1: feel like he's just holding back a little bit here. I don't think he's just... I, I feel like this uh, you know, repressing your emotions like this, Fred, is bad for you. You
0: know, and, and while I want to say... Fred, I feel like all fans of Dark feel what you're feeling. Absolutely. But I'm not sure that's true anymore. Yeah, we've been in this age of Netflix for a while now where a lot of people are going to say, whoa, whoa, "Whoa, wait a minute. You're telling me I got to wait a week yeah. to see the next episode?" No, no, no. 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 Right.
1: But so, but see it, it it works on like the, the like HBO has has shown that it's still viable, right? With Game of Thrones, Watchmen, I mean, name it. You know, HBO doesn't release everything at once. They do it once a week. And their shows have been wildly successful. Well, you know, um, it, Fred it, brings it, up Snowpiercer, which is another great example.
0: Right. And it got me to thinking about Dark. And while my research has, has told me that Yante Freesia and Baron Bo Odar are known in German television circles. Internationally, this was their huge breakthrough. So I guess what I'm getting at is if they had more name recognition, maybe they could have sold it to an HBO where it would be released once a week as opposed to Netflix. But it's probably as a creator, you have to go where the, financing is to get your project oh. made yeah no doubt yeah and then you just live with the consequences he brings up the uh, idea of Enes and Mikkel and where are they and I wonder whether Mikkel is just a casualty of the fact that his actor maybe got way bigger in real <laughs> life than he should be
1: yeah Right, the kid has a, a big growth spurt, and they're just like, ooh, yeah, <laughs> what do we do with him now? Oh, let's get him out of the the picture for a couple months, and then uh, we'll bring him back and just kind of explain that he had some sudden growth spurt and everything. I've, obviously, they've been gone a while. Um, Child Protective Services seem to know where they've gone, though, so it's not like they've just disappeared off the face of the earth. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think probably a lot. Of, and, and now we're, we're talking about Enos, actually. And one thing that um, is in Fred's uh, the the screenshot is that Daniel Conwald was indeed her son, and we I wondered about that when because in episode one, you know, Jonas goes to the graveyard. He's looking for Michael Conwald. He finds Peter, and he finds uh, and Peter tells him, "Well, there's Daniel Conwald. If you're looking for a Conwald, and." Uh, He's over here, but he died in 1964. And then we were wondering, you know, I was trying to wonder aloud at the time if Enes would have been old enough to to have a child. And I I thought maybe she wasn't. But then I realized, well, wait a second. She was like, you know, 15 years old in 1953. So that means she's going to be, you know, like 24, 25 in 1963, where she could have had a child that, that died soon thereafter.
0: Sure. Well, let's get to the uh, spoiler part that we've been teasing here, because what Fred has done is taken a screenshot of the uh, connected family trees that we see in Martha's marbled room office. And he points out the appearance of Bartosh, I guess, getting married to a a person named silja who he posits is future girl from seasons one and two and you know when he questions about how does she travel to 2053 well uh that's i mean given all the traveling we've seen who knows i i like that speculation and i i think the reason it's considered spoilery or possibly spoilery is because Fred has also given links in the Facebook group about the official Netflix site, and you can click on a specific episode and it will give you the family tree as we know it to that point. So if you go to season three, episode three and click on it, this connection is not there. At least I didn't see it. So, you're only going to see this if you did what Fred has done, which is, you know, freeze frame it, zoom in, and, you know. So, technically not a spoiler. So,
1: yeah. Well, and if if that's the case, and if Bartosh is the dude we think he is, then that means he was killed by his own son. Yes. And not the
0: strangest thing that's happened in Dark, but… It's- pretty close to though it's up there (laughs) yeah it is it is let's see what else um oh he he mentions in the alt world that hannah has a child with egon but not with ulrich and what happened to her pregnancy well that's yeah that's a good question yeah anything else i mean the the Family tree thing was pretty darn intriguing, but like we said, we understand some people might not want to have that revealed. Okay. I, I see; I am okay with those kind of spoilers personally. I mean, I am the kind of person that during the Lost era, I would you know freeze frame things and and oh, I remember there were certain uh, company names that were actually anagrams for something. There are all kinds of clues, so I just look at this as a clue. But you know, like we said, we understand.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, one thing is that it doesn't look like Francisca and Magnus are going to have any kids together. That's yeah, kind of sad. I d- yeah, I did notice that. That is, and yeah, you know, really, really pulling for those two crazy kids. But you
0: know, and and I always have difficult times reading these family trees and and making the connections. And of course, this one's even more complicated than most. So yeah. it also doesn't even appear as if the two of them got married.
1: Yeah, right. It just. They're they're really close to each other, on the, the you know in this pedigree here they're you know, the two boxes, but not connected, at yeah. all. Yeah. So uh,
0: anything else you want to mention about Fred's feedback?
1: I don't, nope. I'm good.
0: Okay. All right, Fred. Thank you for the feedback, Catherine. Dan, thank you for your feedback. And we encourage you guys to, you know, let us know what you're thinking about the episode. And again, if you're going to send us feedback for an episode that is in the future in relation to what we're covering on the podcast, just do what Dan did and you know label it as such, and then we'll hold it until we get to that episode. But that will do it for this episode of sci-fi tv rewatch want to thank you guys for joining us love to hear what you think about dark anything else going on in genre tv get into the facebook group if you're not already a member emails can go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com and we'll be back next time to discuss season three episode four the german netflix series dark
1: titled the origin but until then You know, Dave, after talking about dark today, it is clear that what we know is a drop, but what we do not know is an ocean.